0: We are heading into one of the busiest seasons of any business, quarter four. With the fourth and final quarter of the year, we are all making a push to hit our goals. We're trying to make time for time off around the holidays or to celebrate the beginning of a new year. And we're also leveraging the holidays to maybe help us with sales, traffic, and more. And of course, we're preparing our goals and plans for the next year. Okay, that is a lot, a lot of stuff comes into play when we enter Q4 as business owners. And with all of this, it can seem overwhelming and hard to separate your work from your personal life. And honestly, it is really hard to do that at any time of year, and especially when it gets busy, right? Which is why I wanted to take some time today to discuss the various boundaries that you need to start setting up so that you can create a strong work-life balance, not only heading into these next few busy months of the end of the year, but also for just life going forward. It is so valuable as a content creator or an entrepreneur to have that work-life balance so that you don't get burnt out. And trust me, take it from somebody who knows. So with all of this in mind, let's get into it today. We are going to establish a healthy work-life balance for you, my friend. Keep on listening. Welcome to the Creator Club Podcast, produced by Creatorly Media. I'm your host, Katie Steckley. I'm a side hustle YouTuber turned six-figure CEO that's obsessed with social media, making content, and building communities. Here on the Creator Club Podcast, we dive deep into the social media and content creation strategies that are important to you as a creator. Whether you want to grow on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or with a podcast, we've got advice for you, so stay tuned for my workshop-style solo shows and the occasional expert interview. Oh, and by the way, this club is open to everyone. Whether you have one or one million followers, there's a seat for you at the table, so let's get into it. Welcome back to the Creator Club Podcast. It feels good to be sitting down and chatting with you this morning. It is a cozy fall morning for me. Again, I've got that candle burning, got that coffee, and I hope that you do too. Just a quick reminder before we jump into our content, it is always so appreciated if you can drop a rating and review For the podcast, whether it's writing a review on Apple Podcasts or rating the show on Spotify, it really means a lot to me and it helps to keep the Creator Club podcast continually growing. It's really hard to believe that I started this show back in 2019 and how that just keeps getting longer ago. I don't know if you can relate to this, but in some ways, 2019 feels like just yesterday, but also an entire lifetime ago because it was so different. But Anyway, I can't believe how far this podcast has come from its humble beginnings back then, just getting like a couple hundred downloads a month to now having over 20,000 downloads each month from all of you. And it's because of your help with leaving ratings and leaving reviews, it gets us in front of more listeners. So if you haven't already, please drop a review on the show. It would really mean a lot to me. And Yeah. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Okay. Let's get into it. Why don't we start off today's episode with a little activity? If you are at home right now, grab a piece of paper, or if you're on the go, I know a lot of y'all like to listen to this while you're out for a walk, maybe get your notes app or your notion app ready for this, because we're going to go through a brain dump of everything that you want to accomplish before the year is up. Or my friend, if you're driving, do not do this now. Just make a mental note to go back and make a list of all of the stuff that you want to finish before December 31st, 2022. You can reference your annual or quarter four goals list. Maybe you wanna look at your outstanding to-do list. I personally keep a little list in the corner of my Notion Weekly Planner and the header is just someday and i always just throw tasks there that i think okay i want to do this at some point but it's not urgent there's always something more urgent right so this is the time to reference those lists think about any goals that you set at the beginning of the year that you maybe haven't got to yet or that someday to-do list that's piling up because we wanna get all of those things into one place. So this is kind of the time for making that list, making that brain dump, throw all of those ideas onto one list because we're gonna start from there and we're gonna organize that to get a sense of what you really need to get done before the end of this year. Okay, so once you have all of those various tasks, put into one place, whether that is on paper or in your notes app or whatever, you're going to want to give yourself four quadrants. So if you're doing this on pen and paper, draw a nice box, give yourself four corners of the page. Pretty much it'll be like a giant plus sign, right? And now you're gonna label these four areas. This is where we're gonna get into prioritizing. Okay, so these are the labels that you're gonna wanna give To your four quadrants of your page. Quadrant one is gonna be urgent and important. Quadrant two is gonna be not urgent, yet important. Quadrant three is gonna be urgent, but not important. And quadrant four is going to be not urgent and not important. So the four quadrants model categorizes each task or responsibility based on its urgency and importance. The goal of using this matrix is to improve both your personal and professional life and promote growth and accomplishment in the areas where it really matters. Now, based on where the items listed in your brain dump landed in these quadrants, you're gonna use this model to make decisions on what you really and truly need to be focusing on in the next four months. For example, anything that landed in quadrant four, which is not urgent and not important, might just need to be pushed off until next year. The shame that you might be feeling for not having accomplished what you set out to is often the result of unrealistic expectations. Not that you didn't work hard enough, focus enough, or plan well enough. And trust me, I need to hear that more than probably anybody else. So I'm, I'm preaching to the choir in some ways here because as content creators and entrepreneurs, we all dream big. That's kind of part of our DNA. The fact that we're out here starting businesses or sharing ourselves online means that we're dreamers and we have big ideas of where we can go. And so we are really, really highly likely to have unrealistic expectations for ourselves and that is the fast track to feeling discouraged even though you might be a really high achiever and yet you still might feel like you didn't get enough done or the results that you got were not what you were hoping for and it's probably because of unrealistic expectations. Heidi Grant, the author of No One Understands You and What to Do About It, says, Most humans are overly optimistic. We enter the day with an expectation and plan of getting all sorts of things done, she says. But the trouble is, we are not grounding our expectations in the reality of the work that we do. Let me say that quote from Heidi Grant one more time. We are not grounding our expectations in the reality of the work that that we do. Trust me my friend, I need to get that like tattooed on the inside of my arm because so often we are grounding our expectations in what we think will be the best case scenario, what we really want to have happen, and that's not a good way to determine what your expectations should be. You should base them on how much you can actually get done in a day based on, you know, historic data, based on what you know you've accomplished in the past. But often as creators and entrepreneurs, that is not what we do. So, instead of feeling guilty and focusing on what you haven't or what you might not be able to accomplish, give yourself a big congratulations on what you have and will over the next couple of months accomplish this year because you've come so far. Just like at the beginning of this episode, I was reminiscing on the 2019 version of Creator Club. Focus on the December 2021 version of yourself and think about how far you've come since the end of last year. And hopefully that will help you feel a little bit more positive about your accomplishments so far and also help you feel optimistic about what you'll be able to accomplish over the next couple of months and know that it's okay. If you've come as far as you're going to this year, that is just fine the way that it is. If you have a few things in that urgent and important quadrant of your page that are really important to you and you want to get them done by the end of the year, then you know that that is your list of tasks to work towards. The point of this exercise is not to dwell on how much you still have left to do before the end of 2022, but rather to really consider how far you've come and then also understand that maybe not everything on that goals list that you created at the beginning of the year is going to be essential for you to close out this year feeling successful. So that's our first boundary to really find that definition between your work self and then yourself in general, so having that separation between work and life, that boundary is removing guilt and allowing yourself to change your priorities because that is going to keep all of this weird guilt or shame that you felt around your goals and accomplishments from seeping into your life in general. Just remember that the goals that you set at work do not define your value as a person in life, so keep that in mind. The second boundary that I want to share with you is silencing your phone notifications, setting restrictions and limitations on your work. Okay, let's get into this one because trust me, we are all super guilty of allowing our business, our content creation, our work to get into time that should be taken for self care, for family time, whatever else is important to you. Tell me this, do you ever pick up your phone without even thinking and just start opening apps? For me, it's pretty much Instagram. I open my phone and I just tap on that little rainbow colored square and start scrolling. And then a few minutes later, I'm like, what happened? Depending on your interests or your brand, you probably have a handful of apps that you commonly open up and pull down to refresh, you know, just so you don't miss something from when you did that five minutes ago. We're all really guilty of that. What about when you hear that notification bell? Do you immediately grab your phone to see what it is? Is it a sale going on at your favorite store, a message from your mom, or a social media notification? You just have to know, right? But imagine how much time you might save and how much mental peace you might gain if these weren't there to affect you but here's the thing so often in these situations we think about it as a game of willpower we think i just need to not look when my phone buzzes i just need to ignore it look my friend that is pretty much impossible these devices are designed to work with our human psychology to make it pretty much impossible for us to ignore them even as i'm sitting here and my phone is face up on my desk if the screen were to light up i would pretty much physically not be able to stop myself from glancing over my eyes immediately are drawn to anything that's lighting up or that's colorful or shiny like that is just how our brains are wired as human beings and phone manufacturers know this and they design the phones to make it so that we really want to pick them up and use them all the time and notifications are just like that they're pretty much a tool for these app creators to get us back on their app and looking at the ads that companies have you know paid them to show to us so don't feel guilt around any kind of like phone addiction first of all we all have it it is like pretty much wired into us and it's not a matter of just having the willpower to not use your phone as much you need to put in very clear boundaries and systems to stop yourself from doing this and that is just the way that it is there's no one that's just so enlightened that they're able to resist the draw of a smartphone notification so what we need to do is we need to just turn them off i think a lot of people are surprised when i talk about this like people in my life who actually have their phone make a noise when someone messages them, I'm like, what? If my phone would make a single noise, I would throw it out the window. I have it completely silenced all the time. Mostly it's on do not disturb, and I don't get notifications for pretty much anything except for text messages, Facebook Messenger, because that's how my family communicates, and Snapchat, because that's how I communicate with my friends, like people that I actually know in person. So, if you have a smartphone, which if you're listening to this, dang diddly, I bet you do. If you don't, message me on Instagram. But wait, I don't know how you would do that without a smartphone. But obviously look, we all have these. So this is advice for everybody listening right now. There are so many ways that you can set restrictions and limits to give you that helping hand that you need to stay present. And we all need this. These restrictions can help you stay focused and get your work done faster and more efficiently. And they also will allow you to get in that important self-care time that you need to, to be separated away from your work. So whether that's your morning routine that you've been promising yourself that you would do, or maybe it's true time and dedication to spend with your friends and family present and in the moment, or just time for yourself to like read a book or pursue your hobbies without getting interrupted, setting these boundaries can help you take back your time and focus on what's really important outside of work. Because if you are still getting email notifications when it's 8 p.m. and you're supposed to be watching Bake Off with your family, you are not having a good work-life separation so i would recommend turn off all notifications except for stuff that might truly be urgent so like in my examples if somebody's texting me it's because they actually do need me quite immediately, but I don't get notifications, on the other hand, for Instagram DMs, for example. So figure out where important notifications come from for you and only allow those and silence everything else. And trust me, that is gonna be the key to having not only better work time, but also, of course, better lifetime. Not actually length of life, but you know what I mean. The time that you're spending on yourself is gonna be of a higher quality if you're not getting interrupted by notifications. Okay, so to quickly review, boundary number one is to remove guilt and allow yourself to change your priorities with your work. This will help you be happier not only in your work life but also in your personal time. Boundary number two is silencing those phone notifications, setting restrictions and limitations on your phone usage. And boundary number three, let's get into it, is creating an organized and calm environment. If you are feeling stressed, overwhelmed and unbalanced, take a look at your environment and ask yourself if this might be contributing to that feeling. We already created some boundaries for ourselves by limiting our to-do list to the actions that are truly important and urgent, and we've set restrictions on our phones. But what about our physical space and surroundings? It might take some time to get your home or workspace the way it needs to be to create this calming effect, but it will be totally worth it. If your office is messy and chaotic, you probably won't be getting as much done before the day is over. And therefore, all those worries and concerns will be carried over into the time that should be spent on recharging and self-care. If your home is cluttered and hectic, you probably won't even feel relaxed or calm in that personal lifetime. These two areas of your life have to work together to create that harmony and that balance that we're going for. So for me, this means always making sure that at the end of my workday, I'm clearing off my desk so that I just have my essentials here. So when I start the day, the next day, I feel like I've got a clear space and I'm ready to be productive. And then it also means for me, even though I don't have a dedicated office, I live in either in a 500-square-foot apartment or sometimes of the year I live in an 80-square-foot van where I really, really do not have an office, it means ensuring that I have some other kind of separation between work time and personal time. So when I'm at home, I have a desk in the corner that I pretty much just sit at when I'm actually working, and when I finish my workday, I ceremoniously close my laptop And I close my like email and my calendar or I will like minimize it so it's hidden. And I will like unplug my hard drive, like do those different things that basically make it so if I was going to sit down to work again, I would really need to like go through the paces to to open up the work related stuff. And then it means if I want to go on my laptop to, you know, do some YouTube watching or whatever it might be in my free time, then when I open my laptop the next time, it feels like it's my personal computer instead of my work computer because I've closed down the work related stuff on my laptop. I know that might sound kind of silly because it's so easy to just like, open up notion or pull up a minimized tab. But for me, it does create that mental break of like, when I open up Google Chrome, the first tab that's open is not my work email, if it's outside of work hours. So even though I don't have a dedicated office, I don't have different computers for work and for my personal life, that's how I create that separation. So whatever that looks like for you, Figure that out and try to be pretty dedicated to implementing it so that you don't accidentally end up opening your work email when you went to go watch YouTube to relax later in the evening. This also means for me that during my workday, I really try to work either at my desk or I will go out to a coffee shop or to the library to work. I do not like lay in bed to work. I try not to even sit on the couch to work because I want to have that separation between the spaces where I relax and the spaces where I work. And. I like I have to be that strict about it because I literally have one couch and I have like kind of one room in my house. Like if you have sort of an area where that's your office, maybe you have a comfy spot to sit and a desk in your office, then I'll power to you. You can have that flexibility. Uh, But for me, it's really important to have sort of quadrants of my home that are meant for work and, and then other areas that are meant for relaxation. So think about what that might look like for you. It's going to be different for everyone, but I think that really helps with not only the organization of it all, but also feeling like a true separation when you quote unquote go home from work for the day. For me, going home from work for the day is shutting my laptop and taking a step away from my desk and then, whoa, I'm home. (laughs) So whatever that looks like for you, figure it out and try to implement a habit that really builds that separation. Now, beyond just your home and your office, the physical space we've been talking about, I also think it's really important to focus on your digital space too, to find that peace of mind and that work-life separation. If you have an organized ironed out system for your business, you won't take as much of the work home with you. As mentioned before, for note-taking, I use Notion for organizing both my business and some areas of my personal life. For example, I like to put recipes or books that I want to read in there, and that's kind of the personal side of Notion for me. And then, of course, I use Notion to plan out my actual to-do list and my tasks. And at this point, honestly, I would feel so lost without it if I couldn't pull up Notion and see what I was supposed to work on on a given day. I'd be like, what do I do? I guess it's a day off, because I have no idea. So figure out what that looks like for you and have a kind of clear and organized digital space because if you don't have a spot, whether it's something like Notion or just like an actual planner or a bullet journal, if you don't have a place like that to write down your tasks, then you're always going to be thinking about it, even when it's not work time. So I like to have Notion as essentially my second brain. I put down my information that I need to remember there, and then I forget about it so that I can actually focus on relaxing. And if I happen to think of something, you know, like typical shower thoughts where you're like, oh, I really should do that for work, then I will pull out my phone, open up the Notion app, and I will quickly type in under my like next day's to-do list, some jot notes about what I'm thinking I need to do. And then the next day when I actually sit down and open up Notion on my laptop to work, then I will take those ideas and I'll organize them in whatever way is necessary. So that's why it's really good to just have a spot where you can throw down those ideas and you don't have to carry them around with you when you're trying to focus on other things in life. Now, if you want to build a organized Notion setup for yourself and avoid adding something extra to your to-do list, I actually turned my content creator Notion system into a template that you can use without having to create it for yourself. So you're welcome, my friend. My custom content creator Notion dashboard will help you stay organized with your content creator business. This Content Creator Notion bundle includes my in-depth content calendar, including nine custom views to keep your content organized across all social media platforms, and a brand partnerships tracker, an affiliate marketing tracker, and a customizable brand guide. Plus, this bundle comes with an in-depth video tutorial showing you how to use each page and how to customize it further for your needs. So this is going to be like a shortcut, a little cheat code for you to feel more organized and be able to attain that work-life separation that we're all looking for. These three boundaries are focused on creating a healthy, balanced work and personal life, giving you the space you need to breathe and focus on what's truly important in your day-to-day life. We all become content creators or entrepreneurs because we're passionate about something. So obviously our work is very important to us. It's a big part of our identity, but the fact is you can't focus on work forever, you also need to have time to relax and focus on the other things that are important to you. And that is also going to give you more energy when you come back to that work that you're so passionate about. If you create a more doable to-do list and remove unneeded distractions, both from your digital space and your home or office, you will be unstoppable and finally feel the balance that you need to accomplish your goals and to keep your mental health a priority. So don't forget to check out my content creator notion dashboard and all the other products that I offer on my website at katiesteckley.com slash shop. Everything that I've created there is designed to help make your life easier as a content creator or entrepreneur. So definitely check that out if you're interested. And as always, thank you for listening. I wish you all the best in your Q4 goals. Keep me updated on how it goes and I will catch you in the next episode so much for listening to the creator club podcast. This show is produced by creatorly media, a social media and content marketing agency by creators for creators. If you want professional help growing your social media platforms or creating your content, come visit us at creatorlymedia.com or at creatorlymedia on Instagram. If you've listened this far into the episode, we want to know who you are. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. Screenshot your podcast app and share it to your Instagram story, tagging at Creatorly Media or at Katie Steckley so that we can chat. Again, thanks for listening and remember to keep on creating. We'll catch you next time.